0: Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, it's been a very
1: busy 2018 for the Winnipeg Foundation, and we'll speak with Foundation CEO Rick Frost to look back at some of the Foundation's major initiatives over the past year, as well as looking ahead over the next three years as the Foundation moves closer to its centennial.
0: We'll also be joined by James Fable, co-founder and executive director of the Bear Clan Patrol here in Winnipeg. We're going to be talking about the growth of the movement over the last few years and why it's an integral part of safety and community in Winnipeg's inner city.
1: And later on in the show, our very own Sonny Primolo took a step back into time when he visited the Non-Such Cargo Hold at the Manitoba Museum this week. Find out what's new and what to expect when you visit the limited time
0: viewing at the museum this holiday season. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to RC three hundred and sixty. Nolan over here, Robert over there. How are you doing this fine day, sir? Doing not too badly, Nolan. How are you doing? We're in the new digs. Look yeah. around this. Wow, we, we can see people walking by. Do you feel like a do you feel like a zoo animal yet, or how are you feeling right now?
1: Uh, I'm feeling good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a really nice space actually. And uh, you know, now we've we can you know we've got the traffic outside of yeah. the Richardson
0: Concourse. It's pretty interesting. If you're ever in the Richardson building, come on down to the concourse, walk on down, I guess what, through the corridor that connects, what's the other building I guess the Fairmont Fairmont. Hotel to the Richardson building. and and... Come say hi, come say hello if you're a CJNU member or or just a listener, come say hi. There's usually going to be someone here, nine to five, uh, and they're still going to be broadcasting through from the uh, communities as they always have done, but now it's just kind of this new home base for CJNU. It looks great, feels great. It's pretty classy. I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I feel real classy It's a really nice space. It sure is. Uh, Today's a really nice show, too. We're going to talk to Rick Frost. Is on his way into the studio as well. We've got uh, a phone call with Mr. James Fable a little bit later on in the program, and then Sonny visited the Manitoba Museum and checked out the nonsuch. There's some new upgrades and some interesting things that he checked out there. So we'll tell you all about all that stuff, but we always kick the show off with a song. So, Robert, what have you got for us this fine day?
1: Well, today's show happens to be our season finale. This is the last show of our fourth season on the air. Uh, And then we're going to be taking a couple of weeks, uh, taking a little bit of a break, and bringing you our 2018 Year in Review, where we revisit some of the stories that we covered uh, throughout the past year. So, for now, for the time being... We've still got a brand new show to get to, and here is Kenny Rogers with Through the Years right here on River City 360.
2: I can't remember when you were there When I didn't care For anyone but you And I swear We've been through everything there is Can't imagine anything we've missed can't imagine anything the two of us can do for the years. You never let me down, you turned my life.
1: To River City 360, Robert Zirk and Nolan Bicknell here with you today. And I'm now joined by the CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation, Rick Frost. Rick, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Great to be here, Rob. So the foundation had a, a banner year for 2018. And uh, I know you can't provide us with the exact numbers. That, of course, comes at the annual celebration in January. But I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about the Foundation's year, just in general terms, and what some of the major initiatives were for the Foundation this past year.
3: Well, first of all, Rob, you're right. We did have a banner year in 2018. It's uh, been remarkable, the uh, generosity of Winnipegers. It, it continues to... Uh, be very, uh, very important, obviously, for the well-being of our community, and, and it empowers the, the many organizations that serve our whole town uh, in, in many, many different ways. In terms of highlights for our organization, I probably mentioned a couple of things. Um, reconciliation uh, with the Indigenous community remains high on our agenda. There's a range of different projects that we're working on there. I suppose the ones that will gain most public attention Um, are the reconciliation grants that will be approved in January, will be announced in January. They're actually just going through the process right now of approval. Um, So that'll be exciting to uh, sort of support other organizations that are pursuing a reconciliation journey. Um, So I'm excited about that. Um, I would say the publication of Stress Stretched and Still Standing was an interesting process because we're really doing a study of the status of the charitable sector. Um, and it pointed out, I think, some of the issues that are faced. All these organizations are out there doing fabulous work. But the challenge, of course, is that the resources are never sufficient to meet the need. And every organization has its own way of approaching that. But we can really see that there's some stresses in the charitable sector right now. And, and that was an interesting report for sure. We have launched a really interesting uh, partnership with our colleague community foundations across Manitoba and all the small museums that want to participate. Uh, called the Heritage Trust. The province of Manitoba has very generously uh, challenged um, us to uh, provide, that's us, all the community foundations in Manitoba and, and the museums to raise $10 million for various endowments and the province will put in $5 million. So it's a sort of a 50 cents on the dollar kind of challenge. We've got three years to do that. So there's a lot of interest in that program and getting it off the ground. Um, so that would they would be three interesting uh, projects I think that I that I would mention. I, I, one of the projects that I'm particularly interested in seeing develop is the Belvedere on uh, Tache Boulevard. Many people will notice it's been under construction for most of the summer and fall, and there's going to be a beautiful new lookout built right across from the Saint Boniface Museum and. That's been funded by the Winnipeg Foundation. It's sort of a physical kind of improvement to our city that the foundation's been very involved with, and I think it'll impact the quality of life for those who like to go for walks around the Forks and the St. Boniface Basilica and that sort of thing. So lots of different activity at the foundation. Again, this year, 2018, has been a very good year for us.
1: And it feels like that doesn't even scratch the surface in a way, like there's been so much going on in terms of different projects that the foundation's been supporting, uh, and in terms of the the foundation's activities in general, and just the many different ways that the foundation provides leadership here in the city.
3: Well, you know, the grants, the impact of the grants going across so many, we'll be in 900 different organizations with grants in 2018, and uh, some of those grants are quite modest, perhaps $5,000 or $10,000 for some small project they're involved with. And, and some are obviously uh, much larger grants. But, uh, but at the end of the day, it's all about empowering the, uh, the organizations out there, the charities out there that are, that are doing such fabulous work to uh, make the quality of life in our city better.
1: Going back to the uh, Heritage Trust program for a moment, um, we saw the Société Historique de Saint-Boniface had uh, reached their $50,000 fundraising goal. Can you tell us a little bit about where the Heritage Trust program is from from where it started? Give us a bit of an update on that.
3: Yeah, we're six months in to the program approximately. Um And of course, there were very few organizations that had any endowments. I mean, these are small museums right across our whole province, and and endowments are not their normal way of doing business. And so during the first six months, we have signed about 22 agreements. We've got about 30 organizations that are in the queue. They're not quite, all of them aren't quite signed yet. Um, So we've created 30 new funds, you might say, or 25 to 30 new funds are in the process of being created. As you mentioned, one has now hit $50,000, which is the end of phase one. One, they've they've maximized out fifty thousand dollars, which means the province is putting in twenty-five because it's a fifty-cent on the dollar match, and now they'll move to stages two and three. That's what their focus will be, and the rest of them they're all sort of trailing along. I know them. I think it's the Morden Museums at twenty-five thousand. There's a range of them that are in these various areas, and it's a, a provincial-wide program. But the big the big challenge in the first year is going to be getting organizations just sign up um, because there's a lot of paperwork of course, involved in creating an endowment and explanations that need to be done. So that's the status of it right now. It's off to a good start. I think that we've got about in total somewhere like $350,000. Um, into the system, so it's it's coming.
1: Another uh, year-end update that I wanted to mention was this is actually the first year that the Endow Manitoba 24-Hour Giving Challenge exceeded a million dollars. Yeah,
3: fabulous news, fabulous, fabulous news. You know, Manitoba has the most community foundations in the country on a per capita basis. There's 191 foundations across all of Canada and 55 are in Manitoba. So, I mean, th- this is, in my view, the heartbed of the community foundation movement. Many of them are quite small foundations, Obviously. Um, but on that philanthropy day, we've got 100% of our foundations all acting together, which in itself is a, an incredible asset when you think of 55 organizations acting in unison. And on that day, they did raise a million dollars. So it's pretty it's pretty remarkable. Um, and the first year of
1: 100% participation yep, too, right? Yep. Everyone was on board this year, which That's is right. fantastic.
3: It's great. It's, it's great. And we appreciate, again, the, the provincial government has come in and, and been supportive of that effort. So, you know, we're trying to build partnerships to build these endowments across the province for the legacies for the long run.
1: We are speaking with Rick Frost, CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation. And when we come back, we'll find out more about the recently announced Conservation Trust Partnership that will protect and preserve nature in our province, as well as about the Foundation's strategic plan and what the Foundation's goals are in the years ahead. We'll have more after Perry Como with Home for the Holidays right here on River City 360.
4: Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays Cause no matter how far away you roam When you pine for the sunshine of a friendly gaze. For the holidays You can't beat home Sweet home I met a man who lives in Tennessee He was heading for Pennsylvania And some homemade pumpkin pie From Pennsylvania folks are traveling down to Dixie's sunny shore From Atlantic to Pacific Gee, the traffic is terrific Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays Cause no matter how far away you roam If you want to be happy in a million ways For the holidays, you can't beat home, sweet home. you must take a train, go and hop on an aeroplane. Put the white kitties in the
5: family car. For the pleasure that
2: you bring when you make that doorbell ring. No trip could be too
4: far. I met a man who lives in Tennessee. He was a heading for Pennsylvania and some homemade pumpkin pie. From Pennsylvania, folks are traveling down to Dixie's sunny shore. From Atlantic to Pacific, Cheap the traffic is terrific. Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. Cause no. Sweet home, for the holidays you can't be home, sweet
1: home. Welcome back to River City 360, Robert and Nolan here with you today and we are now rejoining our conversation with Rick Frost, CEO of the Winnipeg Foundation. One of the more recent projects that the foundation's been involved with is the Conservation Trust, and that was announced on December 10th, a partnership between the Winnipeg Foundation as well as the Manitoba government and the Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that investment, how that works, and what the foundation's
3: role is? Well, essentially, the intention is to preserve wetlands. I'm going to simplify it as best I can, but... But essentially, it's an environmental initiative. It's aimed at the preservation of wetlands across our province. Uh, We all know we face significant climate control challenges, environmental challenges. They're global. They're not just Manitoba, obviously. And what the provincial government is trying to do is to address that. um, And they want to set up a fund that's independent of the government. Um, they want it to be run, as you said, by the Manitoba Heritage Habitat organization, uh, and, and they're going to do all the grant-making activity. so they're, they're, that's their business, so they will be actively engaged in that side of it. And our job, basically, is to manage the money side of it to make sure that the money is invested that the province is putting into this fund. And also to make sure that the grants are getting out appropriately to the organizations that are going to receive grants as approved through the uh, through the Habitat Heritage organization. So it's an interesting partnership. It's quite unique. I'm sure that you go. I don't know where you'd else go in the world. Certainly in Canada to find something like this. It's very unique, and and so it has lots of promise for the future. But it's just starting. The foundation
1: operates on on sort of a four-year cycle with one year as sort of a step back and taking some time to plan ahead for the next three years. In the foundation's strategic plan, you know, 2018 was sort of a planning year and now there's a plan that's ready for, uh, for 2019 all the way to 2021, which is the foundation's centennial year. I'm wondering if you can provide me a little bit of context as far as where the foundation is is coming from, and how that has influenced the idea for the next three years in the strategic plan.
3: Well, certainly, in the next three years, we'll be busy, and you've mentioned that it's going to culminate on our hundredth anniversary. So, obviously, that's a, a sort of the celebration of a hundred years of good work. Hopefully, there the will be a, a great celebration. We have goals that we're trying to pursue, strategic goals. We expect that we'll distribute $140 million in grants over the course of the next three years. So that's about $45 million a year, approximately. Um, so that's kind of the, what we expect. And there's obviously a lot of work in making sure that money gets into the community appropriately and, and with appropriate controls and that sort of thing. We are also anxious to continue to build relationships with donors. It's the donors, the generosity of people that make the whole thing work, Absolutely. and people who are interested in legacy gifts, you know, building these endowment funds, and so relationships with donors will always be at the top of our strategic plan. We want to be a community leader. There, are, there is a, a range of projects that we're quite interested in. You've already talked about in Manitoba and how we're supporting our rural colleagues. But in addition to that, we have a strong youth and philanthropy program. We're very interested in the environment. We're interested in mental health. There's a range of topics reconciliation with the indigenous community is always going to be on that agenda in this time frame. So I think that those are topics that come to mind and then, you know, we have to also think about the foundation's own Structure like our, our infrastructure as an organization, and we are going to invest in our in our computer systems as an example, um, and and some of the um, staff training type things that you have to do to build a strong organization. So, uh, you know, there there are certainly I think Im- important investments that we're going to be making over the next three years, but it's all about impact in the community. Ultimately, people make these gifts, create these endowments so that we have an impact on the community and that is the focus of what we're doing.
1: That goes back to the You know the title of the strategic plan being walking together and you mentioned how key those relationships were not only with donors but with the organizations with the general public and and you kind of alluded to this in your answer but what exactly are the the benchmarks of success how will you know by 2021 that you know it's been a successful centennial and a successful three-year period
3: I think well, there are some measurable things that you can look at and say. You know, did we in fact distribute? We said we we say that we want to um, distribute 140 million dollars over this three-year period, and that's a quite a measurable thing, and we'll be able to do those things. But I think we want to maintain public confidence um, and public trust. It's very important that we do this. We want to strengthen our donor base. I think we've got to demonstrate strong financial management. Um, It's still a difficult market to invest in. And certainly in the last couple of months, we've seen some quite a bit of volatility. We want to build partnerships and collaborate. But, you know, I think we want to see the impact of our grants in the community. In the end, it's about the quality of life in Winnipeg. and, And does philanthropy affect the quality of life in Winnipeg? And Obviously, we we believe strongly that it does, but I think we've got to demonstrate that to the satisfaction of the general public. And uh, certainly those are more intangible aspects of how we will measure our success.
1: The more people are able to see that impact around them, the more likely that they themselves want to be part of that and that they want to contribute as well.
3: Well, one of the interesting things, and you know, being in communication, you'll know this, but we are going to be encouraging people to look at these cause funds, new new types of endowments that are actually. Anybody can really get into it with twenty five hundred dollars, create a fund, and um, and work with the Winnipeg Foundation. So, without getting into an advertisement of what we're doing, but I, you know, I, it probably is important to say that the Winnipeg Foundation is not about only the wealthy. Uh, you know, our history is always about uh, the everyday philanthropist, and um, the opportunity to create these new endowments at twenty five hundred and get started along one a cause that's close to somebody's heart. It's going to be exciting to see if we can, in fact. Uh, continue to grow the relationships in that respect
1: well thank you again so much rick frost ceo of the winnipeg foundation
0: for joining me today
1: pleasure speaking with you great
3: to be here rob great to be here
0: thanks robert and thanks again to mr rick frost ceo of the winnipeg foundation for taking the time to talk to us today he's got to be the most most uh appearing guest on the show hey i think so so yeah, that's great. Well, thanks again, Rick. You're always very generous with your time. It's great talking to you and hearing uh, a little bit more perspective about the Foundation. Coming up next, we're going to get some perspective on the Bear Clan. Mr. James Favel, who's the ED and co-founder of the Bear, Can- Bear Clan Patrol, Inc., is uh is going to be joining us via telephone it was actually launched back in 92 but then relaunched in 2015 and it's been making waves in winnipeg and across the country it's it's growing quite substantially and uh james is going to tell us all about the growth all about sort of helping those in need and, and a real grassroots uh experience here in winnipeg it's a very cool story and uh gonna have a great chat with him But before we get to that, here's uh, a little Someone to Watch Over Me by Oscar Peterson right here on River City 360. (laughs) ¶¶ Thank you for listening to River City Three Hundred and Sixty. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined via telephone by James Favel. He's the executive director of Bear Clan Patrol Incorporated. Uh, Bear Clan launched, of course, in 1992, but recently reformed in 2015. James, thank you for joining us today. Good afternoon. So, why was Bear Clan necessary to launch back in 92, and why, and why is it why was it necessary to relaunch in 2015? Tell give me a little bit of history.
6: I wasn't a part of the original group from 1992, but it, uh, the reason why they started in 1992 was uh, in response to violence against women and a lack of appropriate response from the state. So um, I guess back in the day, it was said that you could punch a hole in the storefront window in the business district on Selkirk Avenue, and the police would be there about four or five minutes, but you could hit your partner, and the police may or may not show up at all. So Bear Clan originally formed to fill that void.
0: Wow. So in 2015, when, when it when Bear Clan reformed, what was the what was the catalyst for that?
6: Well, sadly, uh, similar uh, similar stimulus brought brought this back. Uh, the death of King of Fontaine was for me the last straw for my community, for my family. Um, everybody wanted to see something more done. You know, they were crying out for boots on the ground, direct action, and um, I just I I just cobbled together some of the. The contact that I've been making over the the years because I was with the Dufferin Residents Association and we just put together uh, a group and asked for permission from the original uh, founding members of Bear Clamp if we could carry on the model, they gave us that permission and and here we are, you know, uh, four years later with 1,500 Winnipeg-based volunteers and serving 44 communities, 45 communities nationwide.
0: It's it's a movement, right? Like, I mean, so the group basically patrols the streets, kind of helps search for lost loved ones, sometimes basic, and just helps anyone who's in need. But like, what are you most proud of in regard to the the, the reformation of Bear Clan?
6: I think um, what I'm most proud of is the volunteers that come out to support. I mean, without the volunteers, this wouldn't happen, and and it just shows that the timing was right and that people are are thinking. You know clearly and and they want to see something better, not just for community members here, but community uh, you know the larger community uh, winnipeg has, has really come to the table and and risen up to uh, to support this this movement yes that's what I'm most proud of the the way the people have come together. I mean, you don't accumulate fifteen hundred volunteers in four years if if it's not you know something that's working.
0: No kidding. That's huge. So can you give me an example of some some tangible differences that you're seeing in your community and throughout Winnipeg uh, on the whole?
6: Well, again, it, I think it's that connectivity, connectivity that we were lacking in this community for so long. We're starting to see that change. Um, I was sitting on in my truck on Selkirk Avenue one day this summer, and I saw this guy at the bus stop. He walked across the street, went into the 99 cent pizza, came up with two pieces of pizza and two cans of Coke, and then handed it to the two people that were sitting on the ground by the bus stop where he was standing. Uh-huh. You know, And, and we've seen these kinds of kindness. Happen all the time now, and, and like this, like this winter season, the Christmas season, the giving season. Um, there's been so many people that have reached out to us to want to do donation drives and help us out with, you know, items for community members and things like that. And, and I'm seeing that pop up all over the city, and and like we're seeing other groups start up. You have got groups starting in Transcona. You got the River Heights group. There's uh, Neighborhood 204 or 204 Neighborhood Watch on the Maples, and and it, it's just it's really c- catching on, and and, uh, and that's just that's just amazing.
0: It's pretty cool to see sort of this grassroots, real, real change that's happening in, in Winnipeg a little bit. How do you feel when you see so many people joining the cause from across, oh, not even just across Winnipeg, but across Canada?
6: It's, again, I, I, I've always said that timing is to Bear Clan what t- uh, location is to real estate. It was the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there is an awakening that, is ha- that has occurred after the death of Tina Fontaine and, and some of the other things that have been going on, and, and people are ready for this now, and people are willing to invest in this now. and and that's the most important part you know if we don't have that that investment from the the communities, then you got nothing and and now is the right time
0: are you an optimistic guy like did, did you think that there, this needed to change because you believed that it was possible or did you become more optimistic as this sort of project t- took off
6: i i started this the way i did because i was completely pessimistic about anything getting done you know without you know some help so right. i decided that it was, you know, I was going to take this on myself, and you know, we had 12 members in uh, in 2014 that started this up, and I really didn't think that this was going to go anywhere, and we had a little bit of trouble right out of the gate, and um, but we we persevered, you know, and and that's the thing, like we didn't go out asking for permission, we didn't go out asking for funding, we saw a need that needed, needed uh, addressing, and we just started to do the work, and you know, two years it took for us to make our, uh, our presence known and, and that people were able to, uh, you know, discern our sincerity in, in what we were doing. And all of a sudden, uh, like last year, 2017, things started to change. There was a little bit of money that started coming our way and, and our numbers started growing like nobody's business. I mean, we had 100 volunteers in uh, June of 2016. And then last year in like February, I think we had 470, almost 500 and then this year, fifteen hundred volunteers.
0: Wow, it's it, it's caught like wildfire. That's incredible. What, what, aside from volunteering with Bear Clown, what, what let's just talk about the average Winnipegger. Anywhere in the city, what what can we do to make our city a better place? From your perspective,
6: you know what? I, I, it's that that disconnect that, that we have in our society that allows people to walk by somebody in distress without without lending some sort of assistance. And I think that's the lesson that we can learn from this is that we all have the power within us to change the lives of those around us for the better or for, for the worse depending on how we behave. And I, it's my, you know, I, I'd like to, to assert that, you know, if you, if you care enough about your fellow man and you, you, you try to help, you'll make a better world for everybody. And everybody has a, a, a part in that, you know, you just need to to, to look at your, your fellow man with, with Kindness and caring and, and compassion, and instead of disdain, you know, and, and we will change the world.
0: Very well said. Empathy. It sounds like empathy. At the end of the day, just ca- you know, care about each other, take care of each other. Exactly. Well, it sounds like you're going to be uh, on Santa's nice list this year. Uh, what 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 does the bear clan have planned for the holiday season and for the? I, I'm assuming it's kind of a little tougher in Winnipeg for those less fortunate. So, like, what? How does the winter months change what how the bear clan operates?
6: Well, we we do focus a lot more on making sure we make uh, find anybody that might be hiding under uh, like loading docks or in garbage bins and things like that because in our industrial area we do we do find people there from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be spending a lot more time looking for people out in the cold, out in the elements, and we we have jackets. Like we had so many people donate uh, warm clothing to us that we're we're spreading it around throughout the community and things like that to make sure that people are kept warm. Um, we're feeding people. Again, like this year so far, we're, we're at about 58 tons with the loads I picked up today. Wow. 58 tons of produce and baked goods that we brought into the community, and we're just going to keep doing those things. And, and uh, so this year, we're very fortunate that uh, Christmas uh, is Tuesday. <clears throat> and so we have Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and we're taking Boxing Day off. And I think that's the first time uh, since we started that we're going to have those three days off in a row.
0: Wow, yeah. Well, it's well-earned for sure. If someone's listening right now and wants to get involved, how can they find out uh, where to donate time or money or food or, or jackets, like you said? Where can they find out more information?
6: Um, well, our, we have a website, uh, www.BearClanPatrolInc.com. We have a Facebook page uh, under Bear Clan Patrol Inc. We have an email address at uh, BearClanMB, as in Manitoba, at Hotmail.com. And they can just reach out that way. And, yeah, on our uh, on our website and our, our Facebook page, we have a phone number there that they can reach me at.
0: Perfect. So, yeah, BearClanPatrolInc.com. Uh, yeah, just Google BearClan if you have to. Ask for James, and uh, he'll be able to help you out. James, thank you for everything you do. Uh, congratulations on the success of BearClan, and I wish you well in uh, your future endeavors with it. And keep on uh, doing all this wonderful work for Winnipeg and making it a better place.
5: Thank
1: you, sir. Thanks, Nolan, and thanks again to Mr. James Fable, Executive Director of the Bear Clan Patrol, for speaking with us today. Coming up next, RC three sixty 360s Sonny Primolo joins us to talk about the non-such cargo hold at the Manitoba Museum. Sonny was on location earlier this week to check out what's new at the iconic display and what's in store for their new limited-time viewing during the holidays, so you won't want to miss that. Before we get to that, though, here is Johnny Hartman with my ship right here on River City 360.
7: My ship has sails that are made of silk The decks are trimmed with gold and of jam and spice there's a paradise in the hole My ship's aglow With a million pearls And rubies fill each bin The sun sits high in a sapphire sky When my ship comes in I can wait the years Till it appears One fine day, one day spring but the pearls and such know they won't mean much if there's missing just one thing I do not care if that day that dream need never, never be, if the ship I sing doesn't also bring my own true love to me. If the ship I see doesn't also bring my
8: for listening to River City 360 I'm Sonny Promolo and I'm here today at the Manitoba Museum visiting the Nonsuch cargo hold I'm here speaking with Rachel Erickson who is the manager of learning and engagement thank you for coming on the show
9: thanks for having me
8: now that we're here at the Nonsuch exhibit what can people expect when they first get in
9: yeah, so the Nonsuch Gallery recently reopened after a beautiful renovation. So uh, if you haven't been here since that renovation, this is a great time to come. Um, we've updated all the sights and sounds and stories in the gallery. So when you first uh, walk in, instead of the gallery being set in 1668 in Deptford, England, which is what used to be um, basically on the eve of the Nonsuch journey to North America, we've now flipped the story to 1669. So the Non-Such has actually just returned from North America and bringing with it all the stories of who they met when they came to North America, who are the, the, the Cree of what is now whiskay Northern Quebec. Um, and we're able to tell all of that uh, as well.
8: I know there's some uh, new changes in terms of like with the renovations done as far as the boat goes. I think there was a lot more work that was done to make it more authentic and what kind of work was actually done? Like if you've seen it before, what's going to be different?
9: Yeah, so on the actual ship, the one thing that's changed is we did a complete re-rigging of the ship. So the ship itself hasn't changed, it's just all of the ropes were updated because over the years that we've had the non in the museum, um, some of the rigging was changed just for for different reasons, but basically we, we need the ship to be in working order because um, our conservation staff need to be able to use the ship and scale the ship so that we can keep it clean and keep it um, um, working to how it's really supposed to be. So we hired a team of historical riggers who came in... Um, earlier this year and basically set the ship back to what it would have been um, when it originally sailed so we had we had them come in with their the, that historic knowledge of what the ship was supposed to be like in the 1600s um, and they and they put it back to that kind of sea ready form which is really exciting and so the biggest change that came with that that is visible to the public is that all the sails are now set so this we so you'll see it just looks really magnificent now um, and but whereas the sails used to be furled so you'll get to see uh, the ship just looking really incredible.
8: What we're here for today is the Nonsuch Cargo Hold Tours which is going to be uh, opening this weekend on December 22nd. So what can people expect to see in the Cargo Hold?
9: Yeah, so the cargo hold tours are a really special, um, once a year kind of event that we hold here, because uh, basically, if you've ever visited the Nonsuch at a time that isn't cargo hold tours, you can look through the grates on the ship and see basically like the basement of the ship down, down in the bottom. Um, So it's it's all dark and mysterious, and it's basically where all the cargo and the furs and whatnot would have been carried in the journey. Um, But normally we can't open it um, during the year because it is uh, quite dark and the ceiling is pretty low and it just... it's it's something that we need to have um staff down there and showing you around um because it is just that little special space um so over the holidays we open it up and you get to go down and see what it, what that area would have been like so um it's a, it's a, an exciting tour because you basically get to see a little bit of what it would have been like in the original ship but also the replica journey um you get to see where the sailors got to sleep um imagine what it would have been like to sleep on a pile of cargo you get to see where um get a little bit of an idea of what they were trading and where they stored it and yeah it's just a really exciting time because it is just that kind of exclusive chance once a year to see this spot that everyone always looks down and says oh i really want to go down there that looks so cool um and this is your this is your chance
8: what are the operating hours to see the cargo hold tours and what dates are they available?
9: Yeah so the cargo hold is open throughout the winter break so from Jan- uh December 22nd all the way through January 6th. We're open 10:30 to 4 o'clock every day uh, well the cargo hold is open 10:30 to 4. Uh, the museum is open 10 to 5. Uh, so as long as you're in line by four o'clock you'll get in um, and the only days that it's different is Christmas Eve, because we're only open till one, and then Christmas Day, we're closed. But otherwise, you can come, and you can come and see the cargo hold. And this tour is included with your admission to the museum galleries. You don't need to pre-book. You just really show up and uh, and join us.
8: Very neat. So I know we should have probably mentioned this at the beginning. Um, for those who have never visited the non-such what is the historical significance to it here in manitoba
9: yeah we're really lucky to have the non so the Nonsuch is uh, an exact replica of uh the very first ship that basically started the hudson's bay company so um it was built to celebrate the 300th anniversary of the hbc as basically a celebration of the company uh but it's The the original ship was built in 1650, and it's pretty incredible to have it in a museum gallery. We basically had to build the gallery around this big, amazing ship. Uh, And what's quite unique about it is that visitors actually get to board the ship. So you get to come and explore what it would have been like to be one of those very first fur traders coming over and imagining, uh, well, it is a big ship, uh, to imagine sailing across the Atlantic in something like this is pretty spectacular. It just really... Because you get to go on it, it's really exciting for visitors to come and see this uh, amazing vessel.
8: Absolutely. What other types of exhibits are going to be happening in the museum?
9: Yeah, so over the holidays, we have a lot of special holiday programming. Uh, One of the things that's happening actually downstairs in our science gallery is we're going to have... science demonstrations for the public so normally these demonstrations are kind of for for booked school groups um, but we've kind of rejigged them so that families can come down and experience those for the very first time so those will be happening um, the schedule will be posted and you can come and join us for those we also have some very uh, exciting seasonal planetarium shows so you can really come down and spend your entire day here at the museum just exploring and seeing all the things that are new and exciting Finally, we also have our hockey exhibition that closes on January 13th, so this is your very last chance to see it. This uh, exhibit came from the Canadian Museum of History, and it has so many incredible hockey treasures, so for anyone who even remotely is interested in hockey, it is the exhibit to see. Uh, It's your chance to see all this amazing memorabilia from the last over 100 years of hockey history in Canada
8: Again for those wanting to see the non-such cargo hold tours and the hockey exhibit uh, make sure you get here as soon as possible because it is a limited time uh, Again thank you Rachel for coming here on River City 360
9: Thanks for having us I hope lots of visitors come and enjoy the great holiday programming
1: Thanks Sunny We've got time for some more music before we say goodbye today, so here is Petula Clark with Color My World right here on River City
10: 360. You'll never see a dark cloud hanging round me. Now there is only blue sky to surround me. Since you found me Everything I touch is turning to gold I found Just color me them-
0: was Petula clark color my world you're listening to rc360 with nolan bicknell and robert Zirk on 93.7 cjnu be sure to tune into our show next week and the following week over the holidays same time same place thursdays at noon and then saturdays at 8 a.m we're going to have a year in review show so it's basically going to be all our favorite conversations from throughout the year we're just going to be revisiting them and uh yeah it's kind of a cool little walk through memory walk down memory lane a bit uh, of a snapshot yeah, from 2018 it's going to be cool so we hope that you can uh, join us for those shows as well but before we get to next week we've got time for a little bit more music so how about a little bit of chet atkins and jerry reed with good stuff right here on rc360
10: I give my heart to you.
0: That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And thank you for tuning in all year long. We really want to thank you for sharing any of the time that you've spent with us throughout 2018. And a huge thank you to all of our guests who joined us throughout the year as well.
1: If you'd like to hear more River City 360, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to the podcast. You can do that online at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org.
0: River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM.
1: And we always love to hear your feedback about the program. If you would like to tell us what you think of today's show or request a song or suggest a topic for a future show, you can always give us a call on our listener line that's open 24-7. The number to call is 204-944-9474, extension 360 that number again one more time 204-944-9474 extension 360 and
0: you can search us on twitter and facebook as well by searching at wpgfdn on twitter and searching winnipeg foundation on facebook as well i'm nolan bicknell signing off for the last live show of 2018
1: and i'm robert Zirk. thank you again so much for tuning into the show and we will see you in 2019 Have a great day and a fantastic holiday season and a wonderful new year.